Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. How are we doing? Just feels like something special going on this morning, eh? It's always good when you have microphones die, unexpected, you know, screens go out. It's like, oh, okay, there's something stirring. <laughs> I'm the only one who thinks of that. <laughs> no, it's cool to... Uh, it's cool to have you uh, in church this morning, and it's a privilege for me just to share for a few moments uh, as we start a, a new series. Uh, we're, we're starting our, our lead-in to Christmas, you know, for reals, um, and today we're, we're starting this new series, Christmas More Than a Song, and uh, let's pray before I kind of get into it. God, we are so thankful for your presence, your goodness to us, and we're just aware that, you know, this is holy ground, and um, a lot of it is normal in our normal rhythms, but it's unique and special as your, your people gather together under your name and under your word. And so we pray, Father, just as we, as we talk for a moment around introducing this, this Christmas story that many of us have heard many times, we pray that you would enliven and enrich him, uh, if that's a word, <laughs> something afresh and anew to us. God, uh, invite us in again. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So uh, you might have heard Matt uh, mention last Sunday, um, you know, there are some really good songs, Christmas songs, carols, uh, you know, that, 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 that speak with significance about the, you know, the meaning of this Christmas season and so forth, and there are, and there are some other ones. <laughs> but I wonder if you've got a favorite Christmas song, Christmas carol? Just, uh, just, 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 okay, okay, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Joy to the world, just give everyone else a moment. <laughs> everyone just thought of our favorite, it doesn't have to be your top list if that's stressful to you, just a favorite that you have. Already, ready with your voice on the count of three, yell out your favorite Christmas song, carol to you. Ready, one, two, three. Ah, that's good, that's good, good. <laughs> what was that one? Fried penguin. Fred Penguin. <laughs> I was like, please don't let me fried penguin. That's <laughs> All right, each to their own. That's good. Um, uh, Joy to the world, silent night, I think I heard there. That's good. We thought that we would um, take a little bit of a different approach to Christmas this year. And each week what we want to do is we want to focus around a particular Christmas song, some of the good ones, and, and just use them as a springboard to, um, to tell the story again, really, of, of Christmas. And so today is no different. Today is a, a song that really speaks of, of expectation, 
of anticipation uh, around this, this saviour that will be born. And uh, it is one of my, and we've got a special treat to kick us off. I don't promise that we'll do this every week, but a special treat to kick us off in the, in the, in the series. We're going to have it live. Uh, the very talented Simon and Belinda Mittermeier over here are going to come and they're going to sing us this song to help us focus in. And the, the reason for us doing this is just so that we can be looking for what the invitation is. So as these guys uh, sing this song, I, I, I want you to go beyond just a, oh yeah, that's a familiar song or that's something that I really like or don't like. And I want you to be listening for what's catching your attention, what's the invitation, what's, what is it maybe prompting within this Advent season, this Christmas season, this, as we lead up towards this incredibly special celebration time, what is it that, that God might be inviting you into? So, the Mithabites, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your Did you know 
Uh, a little bit of a taster, by the way, for a Christmas Eve service, uh, that uh, there will be similar such things happening on the 24th of December, 7pm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song, isn't it? Mary, did you know? Powerful messaging to it. I was actually just noticed yesterday, uh, just some power lines and uh, it might seem slightly random to you, but I was just thinking like how a good song ca carries something like power lines do. You know, there is a form that you see, the, 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 the lyrics, the melody, but there's this, this other bit, this, this electricity that is transferred through the lines. There is something significant and powerful through a, a, a good song. This particular song, Mary, did you know, it was written in 1984. Uh, it was written, the words were anyway by a guy, a guy Mark Lowry, um, and he was writing it with the sense of, just had in his mind, you know, if I was to sit down over a cup of tea, a cup of coffee with Mary, the mother of Jesus, I, I, I'd love just the type of conversation that he would want to have with her. What did you know? What, 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 what was unfolding? What didn't you know? What, but what did you you know, did you realize that the child that you were carrying in the womb or that you held in your arms was going to be the savior of the world? That he'd come to make us new. That he'd give sight to the blind. That he'd bring healing to those who are Death. He'd restored dead things, both metaphorically and practically. That he'd calm the stormy seas, that he'll rule the nations. And that, uh, that great line in there, that the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Did you, did you always realize that this defenseless, and fully dependent little baby that you hold in your arms is going to do something absolutely incredible through his life. If you've, if you've been a, a parent, you may well remember those first few weeks of holding your child and just, just like... Man, you can't do anything. Hey? Like, I mean, there are a few basics, but it's just so dependent, right? When Mary held Jesus in her hands like that, did she know? Mary... Did you know, in, in Scripture, in, um, particularly in Matthew 1 and in Luke 1, uh, it tells us the story of, of Mary. Uh, you know, I, many of us obviously have heard, heard this story before, but just this fresh invitation of Mary's encounter with the angel, speaking to her about this, this child that she would carry and that she would, he would come as a son of the Most High, 
She was good to give him the name Jesus. And, and Mary's initial response, I'm going to read it for you in, in Luke 1, 34. I just, I just love these kind of little raw moments in the Bible. She's like, um, how will this be since I am a virgin? Good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. For no word from God will will ever fail. Now, that's good just to park on, isn't it? (laughs) What a great um, truth that we have in Scripture, that no word from... Even if it looks like it it hasn't worked out that way, even if it's not as you anticipated it to be, that no word from God will ever fail. She carries on in her response, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Or in the New Living Translation, it says this. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything that you have said about... It is such a good discipleship lesson, isn't it? (laughs) What a moment, you know, just this, this beautiful, humble response of Mary... Say, Lord, let it be so. If this is what you say about me, let it be so. Let everything that you say about me come true. For each and every one of us that you know desire to live with Christ in the center of our lives, that humble stepping in Lord, let everything that you say about me be true, come true. That you say that I am loved. You say that I am forgiven. You say that I am transformed in your presence. You say that I can have peace. Let everything that you say about me come true. I don't know, um, for you, I'm sure many in the room have just that, that active sort of deliberate stepping into some of those things, you know. Um, we were just, you know, talking about peace, if you heard it down the back, <laughs> um, this, uh, today in, in Advent. Uh, that, I just find that such a regular prayer of mine. You know, God, help me, to, help me to live in your peace. You know, in those times where I feel anxious or I'm insecure about something, just a, a, a Lord, let it be so. I, 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 I want your peace. Let everything that you say about me that I would live in your peace come true. There are all sorts of things within our Christian lives that we can do that. And Mary's just incredible response and attitude of humbly stepping on. I'm just, I'm floored by it. And there's some very real expectation here. You know, for thousands of years, 
there has been this prophecy, multiple prophecies, about the saviour of the world that would come. And, and Mary's is is it possible like that this that this is the one that's been prophesied about, spoken about, that, that would come and make a way for us in this next step of God's plan with humanity? Is it is it, is it possible that this child, you know, Isaiah 9 verse 6, for us a child is born. Um, Emma read these verses as well earlier on. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Could it be that the one prophesied about is the one in the womb or the one that I hold as this newborn dependent child? <laughs> she then goes on, you know, she goes on to see her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant, who with who we know to be John the Baptist. If you're unfamiliar with the with the gospel story of, of John coming and preparing the way for Jesus, doing so much work kind of just in front of Jesus, so that when Jesus started his ministry, there's actually a pathway that's been somewhat established for him. So she goes to Elizabeth. And, and, and as Mary greets her, you know, Elizabeth is, she's moved by the Spirit. She, she's filled with the Holy Spirit and recognizes who it is that Jesus is carrying. And again, it's, a, it's another confirmation to Mary. Ah, oh, this, this, this could well be the one. Then this growing sense of ex- expectation and anticipation continues on. And it, and it builds to, in Luke 1, there is this, this song of Mary that's recorded in verses 44 through to, sorry, 46 to 55. And it's just this explosion of praise and of thanksgiving uh, to God for what he has uh, done. It's called the Magnificat. Is that pronounced correctly? The Magnificat, close enough, thanks, man. <laughs> the Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. Alison Trites, biblical scholar, says, Mary's song is a winsome, moving expression of trust and devotion. When was the last time that you burst into song because of the news that you heard? This is Mary's response. It clicks for her. That's got to be. That's got to be pretty powerful. Good news. Has anyone done that? Anyone got a singing household? You heard? Thank you. I see. That. Yes, whiteheads. You absolutely would. Yes, on a daily basis. I anticipate. Yeah, that's good. You're in good company with Mary. And Mary said, "My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations—here we are—will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation." He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. It's beautiful, eh? 
And so right from the the start of the story of God coming to earth, we get this upside down sort of nature of the kingdom already established, that his mind and his heart is towards the humble, not the proud, That, that, that he reaches down into the lowly and the places that seem like they should be kind of shunted to the side, and that's where we will find the savior of the world. Emmanuel, God with us, God incarnate, God made man. Another New Testament scholar, James Edwards, he says, In most religions, a meeting with God requires the low to ascend high, sinners to become saints. The Magnificat reverses all protocol and expectations. God, who is high, becomes low. He sees human need and initiates a revolution that reorders reality. The transcendent God intercedes on behalf of a lowly young woman and calls her blessed. The Almighty gives mercy to those who fear him and scatters the strong, proud, and rich, while filling the hungry and needy with all good things. You know, so for each and every one of us, if we are feeling downtrodden, pressed down, but smashed by life, if we're feeling hungry or broken in some way, then there is a great invitation for us this Christmas season, this Advent, this, this story of God coming to earth, this invitation for him to reach in, to bring that restoration, to bring that freedom. And it's a fascinating question, isn't it? Mary, did you know? You know, what was it that you know that you knew? Did you know the full extent of who it was that you were carrying? Did you understand what his mission from the beginning was? Did she know what must happen in order for God's will to be happening? For Jesus to go to the cross? And that here we would be 2,000 years ago, uh, later, still inspired by her response. And to be honest with you, um, these accounts in Matthew and, and Luke, they obviously, you know, they tell the story of Mary, but the real focus is not on Mary. It's on the Christ that would come. And so for us, as we ponder, contemplate, think about this Christmas season, I reckon a better question for us to ask is, do we know? Do we know? Do we know the significance of this child that would come? Do we know the child himself? And before you give me the response of, Stanley, look, I've heard the Christmas story. You know, I've been a Christian 20 years. (laughs) The incredible thing about our journeys with God is that they are dynamic, that they're ever-changing. There is always an invitation that God has for us to grow in something, to deepen something, to, to, to stretch. To There's always an invitation from God to each and every one of us. 
And so I actually want to stir you for reals. What is it that you need to know? And maybe, maybe what is that invitation for you? Do you know that he loves you unconditionally? Do you know that he's able to walk with you through everything? Now, now, sometimes this sort of transition is really just about it going from something that we understand in our heads, you know, to something that we actually carry in our hearts. Like with the, with the peace thing for me, it's like... I, I understand that God gives peace. I understand that God can bring peace in, in every situation. I want it to be a lived experience. I, I, when, when the world seems tumultuous around me, when, when I'm under pressure, I want to experience that peace. I need to know. What, what is it that you need to know. That he can bring healing. That he can bring peace. Like I said a moment ago, maybe it's just Jesus himself. Maybe you're here in the room or with us online and that head stuff is there. You might have heard about Jesus, been talking to friends about Jesus. You know, you're, you're okay with this whole sort of church thing. But maybe the invitation this Advent is for you to know Jesus. To experience what it's actually like to receive that freedom and that wholeness and that forgiveness. Maybe for the first time or maybe... You haven't experienced that for many, many years. You know that you've walked away from him in some way and you want to come back to Jesus. What does God want you to know? And I pretty much want to finish it there. <laughs> what, I, what I want to do this morning is just to have that very open-ended uh, sort of moment for each and every one of us where we can ask that question. And uh, in fact, uh, Dean and, and Simon, if you can come and join me back up on stage, that would be awesome. Thanks, man. Um, but actually just to create some space. Because the, the beautiful thing is that if, if we do this, if we go through this season just being mindful of God's invitation for us, of what is it that he wants us to step into over these next few weeks, something that's, it transforms the season. You know, both for us individually and, and for us as a community of people, you know? It, it means that there can be something incredibly significant about the way that we walk out these next bit of, this next bit of time. And so I'd love to just create some space for you to ask that question for yourself. What is it that God wants you to know? And look, if you are pretty new to church or this feels a little bit uncomfortable for you to do, just relax. Nothing weird's going to happen. 
Um, but what, we'll do, what I'll do is just, I'm, I'm going to get these guys just to play quietly in the background, just to, just to still our hearts, really. And if you want to close your eyes and just have a moment where you just invite the Holy Spirit just to come and quietly speak into your heart about what it is that he might be wanting to speak to you about. You, you may, as we do this, you may have a sense of, uh, for others, uh, what is it that, uh, that God is wanting others, others to know? And that's, and that's cool. We might see if we can create some space to, uh, to come and, and share that. But initially, I just want it to be a space where each and every one of us just open up our hearts and let God speak. More than the... The details around what happened for the Christmas story is this encounter that we can have with Jesus. That he loves, that he can walk through every season there is power in his name, that his love can reach into the deepest, darkest, most painful places of your heart, that you really are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he wants to use little old you and me to change the world, see his kingdom extended. Let's just take a moment, eh? Lord, we just invite you right now. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Let our ears be tuned and our hearts soft. To what it is that you might be inviting us into this season. Lord, what do you want me to know? Well, thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.